pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's go. Super Bowl 57 Sunday Chiefs Eagles. Give me some wings. Yeah, we're going to get into our our spread on Sunday. Uh, very happy to be talking. I, I always say this to our, our next guest, too. It's like we, we need to do this more often, and then you know what? Life happens. But two-time Super Bowl champion joining us from the New York Giants, Dave Tollefson. DT, my man. I know as we get into Sunday, like, I mean, this week is always probably, you could probably get a little antsy, don't you? Yeah, man, it's exciting. And I'll tell you what, I'm excited about this matchup. I mean, I really feel like these two teams are the teams that should be playing. I mean, so it's kind of a, a, a double whammy for me. Obviously, the experiences that I had going to two, but man, I'm, I'm really excited for, for the game. And you got a regional team right here to Omaha. A lot of Kansas City Chiefs fans, so it's exciting. Uh, what are you going with? Um, are you going with a Havlicek jersey on Sunday? What uh, what NBA jersey are you wearing yeah, this weekend? I don't know. Uh, I got a Lamb beer. Oh, you know. Okay. <laughs> All right. I feel like that could get dusted off. Yeah. Um, the problem is, is I'm not really a Chiefs fan. I like Jalen Hurts, but I hate Philly, and you know that. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Playing for the Giants makes sense. Yeah. Deshaun Jackson tore my heart out. <laughs> he probably told you about it, too. Oh, man. I, I hurt my knee that game, too, so I'm on the sideline. And I'm like, if I didn't hurt my knee, I probably would have been the guy, like, in the black and white video that trips the guy running down the sideline. <laughs> <laughs> what? Rem- anyway. I, I remember you talking about that, too. When you saw the punt go up in the air, what were you thinking? Oh, crap. <laughs> Why? Why is it? Why is he uh, having a chance to return this? Man, and Matt Dodge was such a good kid, and he had a powerful leg. But like, so we were playing Dallas that year, and he outpunted the coverage. I was on it, mm-hmm. and uh, the receiver for the Cowboys, um, Bryant, he caught the ball, and I was probably twenty yards from him, and I immediately knew he was taking it back for a touchdown. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. there's no way I'm breaking down to tackle him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it was the same thing in that Philly game. He just – it was terrible. It was it was the worst because that really knocked us out of the playoffs that year as well. And then they beat us in the playoffs too in 08. At home, we had the number one seed in the NFC and Philly beat us. So, yeah, there's some bad blood. All right, Dave. It, this Super Bowl week, we, we hear from a lot of folks, and I'm interested to get your perspective on it. Just how challenging is that week leading up to the Super Bowl? Because – I mean, you're thinking about and doing so many things that are away from the game that have to do with media and promotions and things like that. Just just how difficult is it in that week to get ready to play the game? It's very difficult. Um, you know, we're all creatures of habit. 
you know, the guys in the NFL, you get to the facility at a certain time, you do this at a certain time. I mean, and really this whole week, everything's brand new. I mean, even you guys obviously know you do the preparation the week before as far as the game plan, but that's also a new thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you're preparing for a game that's in two weeks and you're doing the lion's share of the work two weeks prior. Um, so it, it's you just cannot wait to get to the game, really. But then even halftime is different. Halftime is twice as long. It, it, it's, a, it's a bizarre scene other than the football part which honestly feels like the smallest part when it comes to Super Bowl week or the two weeks leading up. Yeah. That's, it's bizarre. It's just a really weird week or two, excuse me. Who are the, do you remember who the halftime acts were for your two Super Bowls? Um, I don't no. remember. I don't remember either. I was My just, wife does. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I was wondering if anybody in the locker room was like, hey, coach, uh, can you wrap this up? We want to catch the end of it. I got you. Tom it Petty, the first one. Cool. Oh, is Tom Petty the first one? Yeah, Madonna the second okay, one. Okay, you had Tom Petty and Madonna. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I wanted Prince, man. Everybody wants Prince. And, of course, that happened yeah. during the Super Bowl. That broke my heart. So thanks for bringing yeah. that one up, too. <laughs> 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 All right, so I've been trying to explain to everybody. I've teased this. I don't know if you and Connor got into this yesterday, too, but I was telling John that we've continued to lobby for Dave Tolson to have at least a half sack in – well, I think it was the first. Was it the first Super Bowl? Oh, the junk punch. Back. Yeah, you did. You did, yeah, and literally. it was and it was the junk you had punch. A handful. He, you had a handful. <laughs> it was a sack of Tom Brady. Now, who was it? JPP or was it Tuck who ended up getting? Or was it Strahan? It was Tuck, man. Okay. And the crazy thing, Nick, is now Justin Tuck has had four sacks in two Super Bowls, and he's tied with like Reggie White for the most sacks <laughs> in Super Bowl history. So, like, if I'm the guy, be tied. That this thing changed. I literally. Erase Justin Tuck from the history. Like, I'm back in the corner here, man. There's nothing I can do. I know, and uh, unfortunately, Roger Goodell is now returning my emails. So yeah, I've, I've just, struck out I was, there. I was just left with with an empty hand <laughs> and nothing to show for it. You know. So I mean, you know, when when you were uh, when you were trying to grasp onto whatever you could grasp onto, were you impressed about Tom, or were you just like, ah, this isn't what I thought it would be? I would say it's not memorable. I don't know what that means. (laughs) Yeah, I think we all know what that means. Uh, You know, the the amount of conversations that we've had in your experience, I think is going to be an interesting one this week for a defensive coordinator that you're very familiar with, with Steve Spagnuolo, when you think about the preparation and trying to get at Tom Brady. And I know how you always talked about, you know, just trying to get at his feet. So now Spags, as you endearingly refer to him as, has an interesting challenge against a completely different type of quarterback than what you guys were preparing for with Tom Brady, and that is Jalen Hurts with the dual threat, but also a Jalen Hurts that is steadily getting more accurate throwing the football too. So knowing Spags the way you do and knowing the amount of preparation, what do you kind of anticipate is taking place with that Kansas City Chiefs in preparation for Jalen Hurts and this Eagles offense? Uh, you know, again, Jalen Hurts is playing outstanding. I didn't really see it coming, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm super impressed by the kid and happy that he's playing well. But when I think about the game plan, obviously Chris Jones is, is the crown jewel of that defense, right? Mm-hmm. He's going to have to get going early, but you're really going to have to put a lot of emphasis on the edge guys keeping Jalen contained as much as you can. Now, 
don't not rush Frank Clark, you know, the other edge guys. Mm -hmm. Don't just stand there to keep him contained because you want to keep that pressure on him, make him throw off his back foot. But if you can keep him at least between the hashes, uh, that's when Chris Jones, I mean, he can really take over that game. And if he does that, if Chris Jones, if Bags can get Chris going early and getting pressure on Jalen Hurts, I, I really like the Chiefs' chances. Dave, I'm, I'm thinking about the experience factor, and this has colored my opinion on how I'm picking this game a lot. You've got the Eagles with Nick Sirianni, first time in a Super Bowl as a head coach. Jalen Hurts, obviously first Super Bowl. Most of that Eagles roster is very young. Um, some of them have played in their first playoffs ever against the Chiefs, who you've got Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, a lot of that roster was there for the previous two times they've been in the Super Bowl. How much do you think just the experience of the moment plays into this one? I think it, it plays a lot. We were really fortunate in 07 that Tom Coughlin had, had been to a Super Bowl with the Giants, and he really took control uh, of, of, of the week, uh, both two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl, because uh, I think Strahan had been to one and he had lost to the Ravens. But there wasn't a ton of experience on our team as well going to Super Bowl. So he really locked down our schedule and, and, and made it apparent to us, like, the work that we put in these two weeks are going to directly affect the outcome. So I think it's going to play a huge part, um, you know, to see how Sirianni really gets the, the troops in line and gets them prepared. I, I, I honestly think now that you kind of brought that up, that's probably one of the more important things uh, leading up to this game on Sunday is how they prepared, what their mindset is, and, and that really comes out of the head coach. Dave, you saw Tom Brady in his most competitive moments in the Super Bowl, and again, I, I love these stories because – you're right there. You're front and center. You're in the trenches. You're able to kind of know when what you guys are doing as a defense was getting to Tom Brady. It, can you sort of recall like that moment when you guys come back in the huddle and you're like, yeah, we got him. Like, I mean, this is, he's getting frustrated. Like, I mean, what, what was sort of the dialogue that was coming out of Tom when you guys, even when he was getting passes off that you guys, as you always said, you guys were at his feet. He was feeling you guys. A hundred percent. I remember, you know, really, Nick, in that second Super Bowl, when he threw that ball down the middle of the field early in the game and threw it away and got that safety, mm -hmm. we all turned to each other like, man, we got him. Now, we knew we had to finish the game. You're yeah. talking about the greatest of all time, and he could rebound from that. But we knew if we kept that pressure on, and, and I think I've told you before, a big part of our game plan early was batting balls down. Right. I don't know if you remember the clip of him on the sideline. He's like, it's like throwing through a tree. Mm-hmm. Because we wanted to convince him to get out of the three-step drop stuff, and we did. And we knew once we got him into five and seven steps, like he fell right into our hands. But that—that's all a huge confidence thing. If it, again, I talked about Chris Jones, but it goes for the opposite side for the Eagles as well with their defense. Yeah. If they can get after Patrick and get that confidence built up, and and you can see it on his face, man. There's not a better feeling as a pass rusher knowing you're in the quarterback's head. It is it is like it's one of the best feelings in the world. What was what was Tom Brady like as a trash talker? Did did he engage in any of that? Did you engage with him uh talking a little smack when you when you faced off against him? No. 
the funniest time Tom Brady ever talked to me is we beat him in Fox 4 and 11, and he came up to me and he's like, hey, Dave, you're a hell of a player, and I couldn't believe he knew my name. <laughs> I'm like, thanks, Tom. Like, are we first name basis or what? Do I call him Mr. Brady? Like, uh, but we really didn't – the most trash – I said something to Matt Light when Wes Welker dropped that pass. Mm-hmm. Remember that? I think it was in, in 2011. Yeah. It was like it could have been for a first down. Yeah, isn't that the one that Giselle, didn't she like go off on after the game and said something about Wes Welker? Yeah. Dude, I turned around and I said, that just lost you guys the game. And then he (laughs) cussed me out or something. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you still talk to David Tyree? Every once in a while. DT, yeah, hell yeah, man. Um, He was working for the Giants for a bit, doing doing some – stuff with the team and, and the front office and everything like that but yeah when i get a chance we visit with each other is he i mean is it still do you guys like make like a gesture to the the hand to the helmet or anything with gum or anything we're making fun of him nick okay. because he dropped every pass <laughs> like i can't believe you caught that ball in your helmet thank god you didn't use your hands you dropped it. <laughs> yeah that's amazing. How's uh, so? Are you are you watching the Manning cast at all? Because I got for people again that would listen to Dave and, and myself talk before. You have always been the advocate of Eli Manning. Of yeah, I get it. What people see on the sideline, it's just Eli. But you always talked about Eli away from the games itself. A guy who drink Bush lights. A guy who's actually probably arguably funnier than his brother Peyton, which we always found to be. Uh, quite amusing, but now he's kind of letting his personality out a little bit in the Manning cast. Are you taking any of that in, or do you? Are you just like, nah? I already know this stuff. No, I I love it. I think it's kind of peeling the onion back for a lot of people to see. You know, I, and I'm sure you've seen it, Nick, on the guy I've talked about. Um, he's funny. Yeah, you know, he's so different than Peyton. Peyton, I was actually talking to Eli yesterday because I was I just was visiting to him about. Uh, the Pro Bowl mm-hmm. and how pissed Peyton was after the game, and you know Peyton tries to play it off like, "Oh yeah, I'm the angry," but he was really mad. And what makes Peyton more mad is how much Eli doesn't get mad. Yeah, and it just pisses Peyton off, and it's so good. And but that's just who he is, and that's why it's so easy for all of us to defend him when it comes to any of this accolade stuff, whether it's the Hall of Fame or whatever, because. I don't think Eli ever told us that we needed to play better, ever. Yeah. And, and it's just that's the kind of guy he is, man. It's just a hoot to, to see him open up and for people to get to see that, you know. All right, give us some inside football. What, what's something about playing in the Super Bowl that happens that, that maybe people don't realize or know about or understand? Um, let me see. Man, the halftime thing is big. Like, you take your shoulder pads off. I mean, it's really a relaxing. Like, the first 15, 20 minutes of halftime, you're just kind of sitting around relaxing and kicking up your feet. um, You know, what's what's confetti like? Were you a, were you a guy that eats guys, at halftime? How good is the know. champagne and beer after you win a Lombardi? Oh trophy? my gosh, dude! I think the Giants spend like a million dollars on their party afterwards. It's nice. Unbelievable! 
and all my friends came. Uh, one of my buddies, Dave Biller is his name. I grew up with him. They stayed in my hotel room with me the night after the Super Bowl, and my buddy Dave slept in my helmet. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he had a he had a bit of kink in his neck the next day, though. Dude, it was so funny. He was trying to wrestle Brandon Jacobs in the hallway. <laughs> it's, it's one of those nights, fellas. You know, like, yeah. you, you just can't. The euphoria of accomplish some, accomplishing something that is the pinnacle of your profession. Yeah. Literally, in the game of football, there is not a bigger thing you can win than the Super Bowl. Not You know, not national championships. I played for one in college. Yep. It is the pinnacle and the the euphoria and, and how hard it is to do it. And you do it with teammates and guys you really care about and your family's there. And it feels like your family won the Super Bowl. I felt like my, my son and, and my wife and my grandparents, my mom, like we were all world champions. And you really can't – there's no other way to get that feeling. Yeah. I, I, met, you, I met you too late in life. Like. I met you too late in life. Otherwise, I would have, I would have hopefully been part of oh, that, uh, the post-party. You, you you would have been you'd have been oh man you'd have loved it they you'd have infiltrated so deep Nick they would have, you'd have been like doing announcements on the, on the microphone <laughs> oh yeah let's let let the circus clown entertain everybody yeah. come on and now yeah I get that a lot every now and then you know people are like come on guys I just want to hang out you know I just I just wanted to have a bush light with Eli after you told me that Eli likes bush light I'm like I just want to have a bush light with him in the bottle man. That's when my father-in-law used to drive it out to New Jersey and, and he'd bring like 10, 12 packs and I'd, half of them would go to Eli. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Dave, uh, hoping the family's well, everybody doing good, right? Yeah, everybody's great, man. Everybody's great. It's awesome. Uh, hey, enjoy the game. If you want if you want to go back to an old tradition that we used to, you feel free to text me throughout the game because, you know, usually a lot of the stuff that you text me during the game I use as content on the following show on Monday because it's actually coming from a mind that, that understands what, what they're watching. So you know feel free. You know I your back, Nick, man. I'm just happy <laughs> to hear from you. We, again, we, we always say we got to do it more often. But. Yes. Yeah, hey, give the family my best. Thank you so much for joining us. Enjoy it on Sunday, and we'll talk to you soon, my man. All right, you as well. See it, Dave Tolleson, two-time Super Bowl champion with the New York Giants. Yeah, you know, and he's he's mentioned the halftime thing before, and I think just like on the surface that you'd be like, okay, well, what's the big deal? But think about like when you go out for like initial warmups and you come back in, and you're kind of like, you know, taking the pads off a little bit, you know, your final preparation work, or whatever. It goes back to what he talked about too, being a creature, you know, just being creatures of habit, and we all are in our own ways of yep. everything in life. You get to that point, and especially if you're like the team that came out just swinging, you're up, that adrenaline, you just can't wait to get back out there. And not only do you have to wait for just like the normal halftime, but like twice as long, you're like, all right, let's come on, let's go, let's, you know, let's get, get let's get back antsy. out there. Yeah, like I, I can see that being an adjustment when you're used to 17 games not having that. And it's just one of those things that you get out of that routine a little bit now, is that enough to say, okay, that can impact the team to where they were having a good first half and all of a sudden they come out flat? I, I don't know. I mean, Dave could speak on that better than I could, but does it kind of mess with your routine? Yeah, probably. And, or the and, lights could go out in New Orleans oh, to start the second half. You know, that was interesting when we were talking to Kevin Harlan. I thought that that was so fascinating that I never, ever even considered in that Super Bowl. So Sharpie asked Kevin Harlan about 
that experience of being at that Super Bowl, and then all of a sudden the lights completely go out in the Superdome. And he recalled Boomer Esiason's fear that they thought there might be some type of terrorist attack. I read this a week before, yeah, because he had friends in and around that area, and he lives yep. in New York, and that's where his mind went. And yeah. I think many of us of a certain age, it may be crossed, not everybody, but... I, and I, I didn't. Mean, and, and, I mean, I remember, I could tell you exactly where I was during 9-11, what that was like, uh, you know, how scared I and so many others were. When that happened, I kind of thought, oh, someone's getting fired. That, yeah. I mean, that, that's what I thought. I, I didn't even, but it didn't even my cross my mind. I went to the movie Black Sunday, yeah, which but, was filmed during Super Bowl Ten, partially. I just, I know, but then as Kevin Harlan's talking about that, I'm like, wow, yeah, I could totally understand that. Like, is this the precursor to something that is bigger? Like, that's scary. And I, I, I sympathize for anybody that was in the stadium that thought that. Like, that's freaky. Mm-hmm. And it just turned out to be, uh, gosh, what was it? I'm trying to remember the... Something got overloaded during the halftime show. Is yeah. that what it was? Okay. One of the, the circuits got overloaded, yeah, in the power system. Because mm-hmm. I remember at the time we were all saying, yep, New Orleans never hosting again. <laughs> Which <laughs> they are in a couple years. Yeah, and we knew they would. Now, but... those that don't know, because I looked this up the other day, Vegas next weekend. Or next, next year. Oh, I'm like, what? Wait, what? Right, I'm, not, I'm not going to Vegas. What's, what's going on me. next week? Jimmy's weekend? inviting everybody to go to yeah, Vegas. I'm not going to next weekend. Right. Furthest west, I'll probably go let's, with Lincoln. But let's go. No, uh, Vegas next year for the Super Bowl. You know, Vegas, uh, 10 years ago, I'd be into it. Now I'm like, mm. I'm just here to. If I'm forced to go, I'd go, but I'm not. I, I'm not. I just look forward the to the stories from people yeah. on me in there. Yeah. I'm just, I'll be a great host. I'll go and call the Super Bowl in Vegas. I don't sure. mind. I think about Vegas. So no Radio Row next year? You know, we could have well, Jake Plummer. I, I, if we, I was going to say, if we can get Jake Plummer on, and I want more than full hour. I want, yeah, I want more than the fifteen minutes that they will, you know, allot us. I want a full hour. Get it sponsored and everything. Just want to hear a lot. He's going to sit down and put yeah. the headset on. Oh, he's not, he's not standing up with the microphone. Nope. He'll sit down and he'll have his little uh, knapsack, his uh, his hemp knapsack, his quilt patchwork shirt, yep. and he will use the word brother and man more than you could even count. It'll be great. This is our concern, dude. <laughs> this is our concern, dude. New stuff has come to light, man. man. Well, that's like your opinion, man. Yeah, I uh, I would I would do that, but when people are like, "Hey, we need to we need to golf in Vegas, or we need to go for a week in Vegas, or a weekend in Vegas," I'm like, it, it, "Yeah, anymore, it sounds exhausting." I'm not interested, I'm like, really. Gosh, I'm already tired listening to you. Say if we're that. going for a golf weekend, I'd rather go to Carolina. Yeah, or I, I want to. Yeah, I want to go to like Scottsdale. Hilton Head or yeah, or Phoenix, like watching the waste go management all the way yesterday. And go, to, go to Pebble. By the way, did you see like anybody? Did you guys take in any of the waste management yesterday? Nope. So they're all dressed like it's like it was Pebble Beach, like it's in the 40s, and. I looked at the test. It was like, 60s. It was, yeah, it was 68. Like, come uh, on, guys. Not quite nice. Come but... on, guys. It was windy, though. It was very windy. But so the wind like, chill was 62. Yeah, like, jeez. I, I would think if you're going to go to a golf event, that's the one you'd want to go to because it is a huge party. I went to the – so we uh, right before COVID, 2020, uh, my wife and I went to the Pro-Am, and she had a buddy who got us uh, into the 16th stadium suite. It was, for, it was like I think we each paid like a little over 100 bucks for all you can drink, all you can eat. And that was for the Pro-Am, and it was insane. For the Pro-Am, the Wednesday. And it was a blast. So much fun. I can only imagine what it would be like in there, or just going to the event itself with the tournament actually going on. Like that, call, when they, they give you the shots of the Coliseum, I was watching the, um, it was a good group that they had, a feature group, uh, Shoffley, Spieth, and uh, Finau. 
and they did the entire walk from 15 over the bridge into the tunnel coming out to the Coliseum in 16. That is intimidating, and it is awesome. It is like that's that's how golf needs more of that. Yes, it is so cool, and you hear like the normal like you know the birds chirping out there on on fifteen, and like your normal golf sounds. You get into there, and it's like the just roar that, of that, the crowd. Yeah, that dull roar as everyone anticipates you to get up to the tee box, and for anybody to even hit it on the green, that's some stones right there because that is not your normal par three shot. Yeah. I mean, going to Augusta to see the Masters, it, it's bucket list. All the history. Oh yeah, yeah, it's all the history. It's all yeah. that. But it is kind of stuffy. It is. Right? Well, like, yeah, you can't have your phones it, there and stuff, which is fine. I get it. You want to take everything in. Pebbles, kind of the same way. Yeah. yeah. I just think the waste management open would just be fun. That's a party. Yeah. No, that I totally you want agree. to be a part of. All right, uh, going to take a quick break. We're back right after this morning's with Sharp and Haley, sixteen twenty zone. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks. Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 